going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hills Are Silent podcast. I'm Two Tone the Artist. And I am Mr. Peach. And on this podcast, we like to chip, 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 chop, 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 chop it up about the games of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Got some good stuff to cover on this episode, including some Silent Hill topics. And, uh, yes. You may not have noticed the name of the podcast, but, um, you know, we play a few Silent Hill games every now and then. Anyway, rolling into that, Mitch, you were telling me that Sony had their state of play and uh, they had some Silent Hill announcements during that state of play. They did, yeah. So they had a couple of, uh, of cool announcements. Um, so the first one being, as we all know, the, the Silent Hill 2 remake is coming out. So they did actually show quite an extensive trailer on that one um correct me if i'm wrong mike but this one is being made by the folks that do layers of fear i believe oh really is, i didn't know that i believe that is the case those are the uh the developers behind the remake and just perusing around the internet during uh after watching the state of play and watching this trailer of of the remake it seemed like a lot of the uh well this is a very early trailer of the combat and like the actual physics and whatnot people were a bit turned off by by how it was looking and how it was feeling and uh um i think it led them actually to come out and release some more uh, a little a few more clips of uh, of stuff that they were working on on twitter afterward that i noticed it actually looked a lot better than what they were showing through this trailer so I don't know. I, I, this is your you just uh, watched it uh, before uh, we started recording. What are your thoughts on uh, on how it's looking so far? I mean, it looks like it still has that, you know, the, the creepy charm and, the you know, just what makes Silent Hill good. Right. So first off, if it is made by the same people who, de- who developed Layers of Fear, that's a good gig to get because obviously yes. they're horror fans. So for them to strike a deal with Konami to remake Silent Hill 2, that's got to be like the dream job for any studio that likes to make horror games. So kudos to them for landing that job. Uh, Looking at the trailer, I mean, it looks like Silent Hill 2 to me with, with better graphics and smoother gameplay, so I don't really know what everybody was complaining about. I mean, I did see that People were saying the trailer focused a lot on the combat, but I, I really think they just wanted to show off some action because Silent Hill is like a slow burn, and it's it is. it's all about the atmosphere. But a trailer is meant to excite people in a very short amount of time, so I don't fault them for focusing on the action in the short trailer. But if the game actually plays like the original Silent Hill 2, and it probably will be less combat focused than the trailer leads you to believe. But again, it's just hard to convey that slow burn of Silent Hill in a minute and a half trailer. So I think that's why they went this direction. Yeah. And if you look at the combat just from the original Silent Hill 2, like, yeah, that was not something that was, you know, that was not the main focus of that game. That is not what really drew people in to, or, or what makes that game great. So. I mean, I just really want that game just to get a, a nice remake that looks good, that looks modern, and, you know, that 
you know, just still has that super creepy vibe, but bringing it into, you know, a 4K, you know, high dynamic range atmosphere. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I still have high hopes for it. To me, the trailer looks good. It's dark and creepy and yeah. They, they still nail the fog, you know, they got <laughs> that, that, that staple Silent Hill fog. Yeah. All but right, it so- is a uh, blooper team is the one doing the Silent Hill 2 remake, and they are the Layers of Fear uh, developer as well. And they've done some other stuff like the Medium, which I have played and I enjoyed the Medium. Um, and then they've also done Blair Witch and okay. some other uh, some other uh, horror in there in their repertoire so I, I think it's in good hands and uh you know we'll see when it comes out yeah i i think so too i have no doubt this will at a minimum be a good game yeah all right so but, you said that they hit us with not one but two silent hill trailers during they Sony hit us State with of not one but two Silent Hill trailers and this one was a surprise I did not see any leaks about this prior to I was actually just watching it live I had it in the background while I was working I'm like oh okay I'll check it out I don't even own a PlayStation but you know I have a gaming podcast I'm gonna check it out um, and so they actually uh, announced and released on the day of the state of play a game called Silent Hill the short message and this is a very much this is a first person almost identical looking to pt which people right off the bat were you know pretty much clamoring that that it it did seem very much uh uh, inspired by pt and in all the best ways yeah i mean it's totally different take this one's in first person whereas the silent hill 2 remake is in third person and like you said, it looks like it's going from going through hallways, going through rooms, and just creepy stuff happening around you. Definitely does look like the PT playable trailer that uh, released years ago on PlayStation Four. That was which was meant to be a playable demo for the Silent Hill game that uh, Hideo Kojima was working on that eventually got canceled. I did play through the PT game. And it was super creepy. My buddy and I finished it. It was a lot of fun. So you're right. This does look like it builds on that. Even to the point where they show at the very end of the trailer that the main character is waking up again. Because the thing with with PT is it was like the same... You were waking up in the same hallway over and over and over again. And each time something would be slightly different and you were solving puzzles. And at the end of this trailer, it shows the character waking up all over again. So I'm assuming it's probably gonna have that same type of game mechanic where it's just like, kind of Groundhog's Day where the same thing just keeps happening and you're reliving it and just trying to get a little farther. So you told me this only released on PlayStation 5, right? It did only release on PlayStation 5. Unfortunately, neither one of us own a PlayStation 5. But it is really adding to the amount of exclusive games that are coming out on that dang console that I, I'm going to have to bite the bolt and get one at some point down the line. We've yeah. got this. We've got Final Fantasy 16. We've got Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth coming out. You know, the new God of War isn't even ported over to PC. 
I mean, we're, it's adding up to the point where it's like, all right, when it's it's getting close to the time. Yeah. But well, uh, the short message was developed by Hexadive, which I had never heard of. Um, but some of their previous games are are pretty funny. They've uh, they've done Super Bomberman R, Mario Sports Superstars. Um, it looks like they worked on Final Fantasy 15. They've done some other Final Fantasy. I, I don't know if they just this. They may not have been the sole developer on a lot of this stuff, but it's kind of funny seeing a lot of these. But they also a notable one which might actually connect a little bit. They did Resident Evil 7's DLC, Not a Hero, huh? which is the one with um, uh, Chris Redfield. That is the one with Chris Redfield. Yeah. Yes, when he's taking down the uncle. All right. And, uh, Again, another studi- studio that landed some dream, dream projects. So they worked on both Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Man, nice. Yeah. So two pretty cool trailers. You know, us as the Hilder Silent Podcast, we had to we had to bring that uh, announce it, even though as it stands right now, Mike and I cannot play either one of these games. When <laughs> actually, since, now that uh, I think about it. I played through the PT demo or the PT trailer, whatever you want to call it. The name's confusing. Sure. I played through that with my buddy James because he had a PlayStation 4 at the time it was released, and I did not have a PS4 at that time. Well, I know he has a PlayStation 5. Oh, so I'm going to hit him man. up be like, hey, man, we got another Silent Hill demo to play through. So I think I'm going to go over to his house and we'll crank through this. Yeah, would love for you to play that and report back because uh, I'm going to have to find a buddy with a PS5 as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, cool. Always glad to hear some Silent Hill news. And this is looking good. It's looking better than... Uh, uh, Silent-, Silent Hill Ascension. Yeah. That, uh, I already, I already yeah. forgot the name, but uh, yeah. I'm actually just perusing a Kotaku article where they were basically bashing if you know the uh, the Silent Hill Ascension <laughs> yeah. experience well different developers different projects yes. I think it's in good hands with these studios I think so all right man so what's up next we got some game pickups Excellent, and I've been man. I've been holding back man I've been really wanting to show you these ones because uh, there's some pretty good ones uh I'm going to go with, uh, I'll go with the heavy hitters first. So I actually found, I think I, I was um, talking to you one night after we recorded a pod and we were, I was looking through my box of crap that I have just, my dad gave me when, um, when he packed up a bunch of my old stuff and he said, Hey, take this box. It's all your crap. Just take it. So I found a couple old game cases, but all these game cases I kept finding, I didn't have the game inside. So I'm like, my man, I have these cases and like, what, what am I going to do with this? So I ended up picking up the games for the cases because they, they just kept staring at me and I'm like, yeah, it's time. So I went for both Mario Kart Double Dash and Mario Power Tennis, which, you know, a good tribute to Mike and I playing some Mario Tennis uh, a few episodes ago. But uh, I went and got the uh, the disc only uh, versions on eBay and just use my old childhood cases and um, it, it worked out that I you know I could even my my Mario Part Mario Power Tennis is all the still has all the inserts and everything so 
Nice. Double Dash, very expensive, by the way, for anybody who wants to get Double Dash. A Even for just copy, the disc? Even disc only? The, just the disc cost me about 50 bucks. Whew. And with the case, I think it was another, you know, 30 or 40 bucks. It was like 80 to 90 bucks for the full thing. Dang. Um, but then I think the just the disc for Mario Power Tennis was like 15 bucks. Okay, so, there we go. That's the deal. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, I'll take that. I'm like, I, I have both these cases. Like, I can't just not have these games. They're two classic games I would play anyway, so. Yeah, I've um, actually never played either of those games. I mean, obviously, I played Mario Tennis on Nintendo 64 and played Mario Kart on Nintendo 64. Um, you and I played that just recently, but I, I played yes. those games when they came out as well. But the GameCube sequels, never played those ones. Yeah, well, it tells you how much I remember it because I think during the episode when we were talking about it, I didn't even I didn't remember that they had one on the GameCube, and I, I guess I owned it as a kid. So I think this is actually a really good one still. I think it operates very closely to that Nintendo 64 version, so I'm excited to give it a give it a try. Speeding along here, uh, I got I've been collecting. Obviously, as you can see behind me, I have a lot of stuff for my Switch. Yeah, I'm loving the new shelves. Yes, got some new shelving to uh, for my ever-growing collection of of games, um, but I, I I've been collecting a lot for the Switch because I love playing my Switch and I want to keep getting stuff that you know that is that is perfect for it. And uh, the first one I got is we love our collections, so I went and got the Five Nights at oh. Freddy's collection, which includes Five Nights at Freddy's. I think there's five games in total on. Uh, on this it's one through four and then it says plus sister location so five games in one uh i don't know if i can even it's not gonna focus very so well, i actually but... just recently watched the five nights at freddy's movie aha how did how did you like that i mean it was, was okay. it goofy <laughs> it was okay <laughs> yeah i figured as much yeah but it's a lot of i like at least that's people are giving games uh turn to movies a, a little bit more of a shot and they're putting some better product out there yeah you know, I will, especially i will uh, give them their props that they stuck pretty close to the game it wasn't like a resident evil situation where the movie has almost nothing to do with the okay, game like yeah. it actually follows the game pretty closely all right so my next one is actually a re-release of a 1995 RPG, and it is called Tactics Ogre Reborn, and it is a Square Enix game. Um, and this is a actually uh, turn-based um, turn-based grid like combats type uh, type game, and uh, I've been really looking at this one, and uh, I think I saw it on. You know, for like 20 bucks or something like that, and I decided to pull the trigger on it. Um, but yeah, one I've been really looking forward to playing, actually. And, uh, you know, me with my my RPGs and any game that is uh, that is a, a Square Enix stamp of approval, I am on it. And speaking of Square Enix, here's the one I paid the most money for, unfortunately. And uh, it is the Final Fantasy pixel collection of one through six awesome, all man. on my switch awesome man and i actually had like a 30 dollar gift card to ebay so i ended up only paying i think like 60 65 bucks for this but 
you can't find this thing for no. I've tried so hard. It's it's ninety dollars or higher. There's just there's nothing no in between. Yeah. Or there's nothing lower. They they dropped the ball on that and did not release enough copies. And I, I don't know why not, because it that's a game everybody's gonna want. That's just such a great collection. Yeah. I was just kept I kept looking at eBay, kept looking at eBay and I'm like, alright, I'm just gonna have to bite the bull and do this because like otherwise I mean, it, it's never going down at all. So, um, yeah, I popped into my Switch last night, and it was just so cool seeing all of, like, 1 through 6 just populate on my Switch and some cool graphic. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. So, yeah, this is my – I am so happy I got this one. I know my buddy Swanee, who's probably listening to our pod, is uh, is chomping at the bit to get this now as well, and I bet he pulls the trigger now. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, when a game comes with multiple games – the price then doesn't seem so bad because if you divide that by what was it six games one one through six, six is on there if you divide 90 bucks by six i mean i don't know you're playing what like 12 12 50 a game or something like that and that's a lot of hours they're all final fantasy games so it, it, you know they aren't short games by any means either so you're getting a lot of a lot of gameplay from from one uh, one cartridge so th- that is my pickups um Spent a little more on some of them than I than I wanted to, but I, I was going to buy some of them regardless, no matter what time it was. And I just said, "All right, time to just get all these out of the way." And uh, yeah, I'm gonna take a little break for now for on the pickups. <laughs> I, we always say that. I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. And <clears throat> speaking of man, yeah. Speaking of, I talked a big game last couple episodes about how I was gonna spend less money, get less game pickups. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, I made it a month. So at least give me my props. I made it through January without picking anything up. But as soon as February 1st hit, I fell off the wagon, man. Grabbed a couple games. Um, in my defense, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina on a business trip, and they have some good game stores out there. They have a store called The Grid which is actually owned by Goodwill. So it's it's basically like a Goodwill thrift store, but only electronics. Oh, so wow. it's all used video games, used PC parts, uh, TVs, tablets, hard drives, like all that stuff. Basically, they I don't know really where all the inventory comes from, but I think a lot of it is like a concentrated donation. So I'm sure people donate electronics to to the standard goodwill stores and then they then send a lot of it to this grid store so it's basically a thrift store just for electronics like such a cool place and they typically have pretty good deals on everything in there stuff's usually pretty cheap so i hit up the grid there's a couple second and charles stores out there that i checked out and then there was another one called oh what was the name of it like g2k games or something Let's see. Uh, yeah, G2K Games. It was in a mall out there. And it was nice. a huge game store. They also had um, board games and cards as well. Anyway, so I went around um, and I found some cool stuff. So, as I said before, the audience, feel free to give me a hard time about <laughs> not sticking to my New Year's resolution, about picking up less games this year. Hey, I'll. I'll get back on track next month. 
our loyal listener typo was rooting for you in the comments, man. He was he was with you the whole way, Mike, and he, he was congratulating you on your one month uh, your one one month of, of no buying game sobriety. Um, but you were you were out of town. If I'm out of town, I like to go check out game stores too. So I, I think you're excused. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I had mentioned on a previous episode that I picked up the Logitech wireless controller for PlayStation 2, which for those who don't know, this is like the best PlayStation 2 controller. It's a really good wireless controller for PS2, which back in the day, I didn't even know there was a wireless option for PlayStation 2. Yeah. Well, I had gotten that at... Um, oh, what's Mega Replay, right? Yeah, Mega Replay in Peoria for $3. And I was so excited because these controllers are hard to come by. And I got home, and lo and behold, it didn't work. Oh. It would turn on, and it would stay on for about maybe a minute, and then it would just power off, even with, even with brand-new, fresh batteries. So I don't know if it's like got a Dang. bad capacitor in there or what. I'm going to take it apart, see if maybe it can be repaired. But having said that, when I was at second at a second in Charles and uh, – in Charlotte, North Carolina, I did see another one there. So I picked this one up. So hopefully this one works. I've not had a chance to test it out yet, but I've had bad luck with this. As I mentioned before, the first time I ever came across this controller, I found two at a Goodwill, and they both had serious, serious uh, battery corrosion in the back. Mm. And after cleaning them up, only one worked. Then I tried to order two more off of eBay, and it got stolen in the mail, and I ended up just getting like an empty envelope delivered to my house. And then I tried to get the one at Mega Replay, and then it has some issue or won't stay on. And then now we got another one. Hopefully this one works. All I want is a, a second working one of these. And uh, I've got the, the one for original Xbox as well. And oh, nice. The original Xbox One is just as good. I mean, these are amazing controllers. But same situation with this. I had bought in one that didn't work, and then I had got a second one that did. So they're rare controllers to come by, and when you do come by them, half the time they don't even work. But anyway, so I, the game I, I picked up. My, what were you gonna say, Mitch? I was surprised with my DJ Hero thing when we were when I was taking that out to go and play it. I had batteries in there from probably. 10 years at least and uh i had a lot of had some corrosion in there i had to clean out and hey those those are they work really well those uh <laughs> those dj they're really sturdy the dj hero things because it still works like a charm yeah oh speaking of i did see an article you know how we talked about that game in Fortnite. that's like a guitar hero successor I know where you're going with this and i was just thinking it too yes i saw that uh, a third-party company is releasing a controller that allegedly is going to work in that game when support is added. Yep, I, I did see that, and uh, I meant to bring it up on this pod during our planning, but hey, look at us. Just just flowing in well with this. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyway, I don't have the one game that I got at that grid store. I, I left it. forgot to grab it. Anyway, what I ended up getting was Top Spin 4. Because we oh. were talking about the tennis games, yeah. Top Spin. You were, you were like, man, I used to play Top Spin, and I was saying I used to play Virtua Tennis. Mm -hmm. So Top Spin 4 was the last one they ever released, and it was released on Xbox 360. It had the highest ratings out of all of them, and word on the street is that is like hands down the best tennis game ever made. 
Okay. Hey. So I picked up a copy of that, and then when I went to Second and Charles, I found Virtua Tennis Virtua for Tennis. Hey, better with Connect. Which is the last one. That, oh, you're right. I didn't even notice that. It's got Connect support. Even <laughs> better, man. But yeah, so this was the last one they made of the Virtua Tennis. So I managed to snag the last and presumably probably the best in the series of each of yeah. these. Um, so this controller I, I got like for 15 bucks. So again, I'm hoping it works. This was 10 bucks, and then top spin, I think, was like 15. Uh, then next, when I was at G2K Games, I picked up Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge for Xbox 360. I have the, the first one and the second one. And I've come across this before, but I've never seen it for cheaper than $30. And um, they had it for $22 at G2K Games. Complete. Disc is in great condition. So I'm like, all right, man. Let me go ahead and, and complete my Ninja Gaiden collection. Yeah. Next up, you picked up NHL Hits a few episodes back. So I grabbed one hey. myself. NHL Hits Pro. I think that's the the last one they did I want to say it is yeah it's the last one they released so usually with sports games like I try to get like whatever's the most the last one they ever put out because yeah. probably typically the most refined one but this one I paid it says $9.95 but I got it for I think like $9 even but yeah I love the NFL street game NBA street uh, and NHL hits is basically the the street version of that it's kind of also mlb slugfest like they're all kind of those over top arcade style sports games that Midway unfortunately games. they don't make anymore and did you ever play um fifa street yes i played one of the fifa streets those are really good too though like any of any of those street games they do a good job with them like i've FIFA Street's really fun as well. Oh, I should have picked that up. They had the original FIFA Street on Xbox, and they had one of the ones that was released on Xbox 360. I want to add them. Event. I want all of the streets eventually, as you've seen that I have. I have NBA 1, 2, and 3, and then NFL 1, so I'll, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of related, I don't know if you saw this, but um, uh, Jason Kelsey, who's a uh, – he just retired, but he was an NFL football player – he is trying to uh, find who the um, who the rights owner is for the backyard sports franchise. If you oh, remember yeah? backyard baseball, backyard soccer, and all that whatnot, he's uh, you know he's retiring and he's trying to I guess you know put his put his talents somewhere else. So he's trying to figure out who owns the rights so he can maybe maybe purchase them and then you know distribute them to a team to work on or something, which would be pretty cool to bring that back. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, so next, I'm always trying to grab some decent Kinect games. So I picked up Fable The Journey. Nice. For Xbox Kinect. Um, I didn't even know that was a game. This one I paid, I think, $4 for. It says $4.95, but it was cheaper than that. But I heard that was good. 
And uh, next I got Blazing Angels 2 for Xbox 360. Secret Missions of World War II. Yeah, Secret Missions of World War II. So this looks actually pretty cool. Uh, sometimes I like playing like the Ace Combat games and some other plane shooter games. So I'd never heard of this one, and uh, the guy working at Second Charles recommended it. So I was like, all right, man, I'll check it nice. out. It was five bucks. Then I picked up another OG Xbox game. Surprised I didn't already have this one. Secret Weapons over Normandy. Again, it's a World War II fighter plane game. I love the original Xbox logo every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, man. So this one was five bucks as well. So I snatched that one up. And last but not least, I've been on the lookout for this one. So I could not pass it up when I found a crispy copy of it at Second and Charles. Oh, Manhunt. Manhunt for the OG Xbox. I got the second one on PS2. And uh, wanted the original one. I specifically awesome. wanted it on Xbox. So this one was, uh, after a discount, 30 bucks. So yeah, man, got a stack of a couple of OG Xbox games, a couple of 360 games, and my PS2 controller. You didn't even break the bank. You paid. Those are a lot of five dollar hollas. So uh, you know. Yeah. You you did well. <laughs> all right. You got way more games than me, and I uh, I probably played triple. What you <laughs> yeah, I think At all least. those games were probably like. What you paid for one game that you showed. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, anyway, so speaking of picking up games, the good thing about physical games is you own them, you own them forever. Well, unfortunately, some more games have been delisted from digital distribution platforms. Some good ones, too. Yeah. So first up is Spec Ops The Line has just recently been removed from all digital stores. And for those who don't know, it's a, it's a military third-person shooter. And it actually got really good reviews when it first came out. I remember beating this probably back in like 2015. I got in a copy on Steam and played through it, and it was a good game. I liked it. Um, it basically says that it was removed due to expiring licenses. And I don't think... I don't think that uh, 2K Games actually came out and said what licenses were expired, but it's most likely music because the game mm -hmm. had some big-name tracks on it, such as Jimi Hendrix's The Star-Spangled Banner and Rooster by Alice in Chains. So that actually hits a lot of games and is what causes them to be delisted. They license some music and then they lose the license and then it just isn't financially feasible to renew those licenses to keep the games on a digital distribution platforms. So then they delist the game strictly over some songs that are in the game. And I it's remember- like, um, it's like with Grand Theft Auto, they just re recently released that trilogy uh, uh, in one collection, but like 90% of the radio stations that they have don't exist on those games anymore because they don't have the rights to them. Yeah. And they didn't want to go through the process of getting, you know, getting the rights to all, so, all those tracks again uh, that they had in those radio stations. So, you know, it's yep. not the same experience. 
And I remember playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City on Steam not that long ago. And instead of delisting the game, they stripped all the songs out of the game. So I'm driving around in Vice City and I'm hearing like the same three songs over and over again. I was thinking to myself, I remember that there were more songs in this. What is going on here? And then I later read that they never renewed the license for a lot of the songs. So they just literally pulled them from the game. And that's another reason why I'm an advocate for physically owning the games. Because I own Vice City and I can pop it into my PlayStation 2 or my original Xbox. And that whole entire soundtrack is there. Complete. And same thing with like Guitar Hero and Rock Band games. It's nice to physically own those games because you'll have those songs and be able to pop that game in 40, 50 years from now and still jam to those games because you physically own the disc with the songs on them. And same thing with Spec Ops The Line. If you physically own this game, who cares if the license expired? You have it and you can play this game forever. So what we like to do is when games get delisted, we like to see what the Steam keys are going for on the secondary market. Because a lot of delisted games, you can still buy Steam keys for. Because for whatever reason, somehow people buy the Steam keys and they never actually redeem them. And then when these games get delisted, they can turn around and sell them typically for a lot more expensive than the game otherwise would be. So for comparison, Spec Ops The Line right now if you go to g2a.com, which is a, a website that uh, is a place where Steam keys are sold on the secondary market, Spec Ops The Line Steam keys are going for $38, $35, around that range, which may not seem like a lot, but prior to this delisting, you could get Spec Ops The Line for $2.99 on a GOG.com sale or a Steam sale. And I was looking, they actually, uh, they bundled it in with some Humble Humble Bundle stuff too at one point in time. So, I mean, you could have gotten it in a bundle, a bunch of games at one point. Yeah, so, and I imagine this is only going to go up because it's only been delisted a few days ago. Yeah, that's that's a good way to, good call out because, yeah, it's, as time keeps going on, there's going to be less and less keys. Yeah, so speaking of, I was playing in, another game on Steam recently called Alpha Protocol which was published by Sega and this was delisted I didn't know this but because I had already, I had the game in my Steam library for the long time this was delisted back in 2019 and it's, it's a pretty decent game and it's developed by Obsidian who made Fallout, New Vegas and Outer Worlds and it's a third-person, like espionage spy shooter, but it's it's like it's an RPG because that's Obsidian's bread and butter. They make great RPG games. It is a very involved RPG game with dialogue trees, all kinds of upgrades for your character stats and weapons. But then it's like a kind of stealth, almost like Splinter Cell third-person shooter. Very interesting blend, and it flew under the radar when it was first released but it's actually a really good game and it runs really well. I mean, granted it's a game that released in like 2010, but I was playing it on my computer, like 4k resolution thing was running just buttery smooth, looking really crispy. I mean, I love going back to games from like 10, 15 years ago 
with a with a current gen like graphics card and then cranking mm-hmm. them up to 4k and playing them at the max graphics it's glorious it's absolutely glorious but anyway <laughs> yeah i found out this game was delisted and again you could get this game for like one two three dollars on a steam sale but now since it's no longer available on the secondary market the keys for this game are going for anywhere from $108 to $120. And it just, it sucks because it's a good game that everybody should have access to. It's it's definitely a game I recommend. Mm -hmm. I played it too, recommend it. So the best you can do is either hunt down a used copy on Xbox 360, which I'm sure are pretty cheap, or PlayStation 3, or you know bite the bullet and pay this crazy price it's not worth this much i'll say that it's not worth 120 bucks but it is a good game but anyway i'm always sad to see games get delisted and uh another reason why i'm an advocate for actually having physical games because it while uh while we're at it um Maybe you want to check on uh, G2A to check out the Marvel Ultimate Alliance bundle that I am, uh, the price I am seeing on my screen right now. There is only one listing, and you know how people can kind of get crazy and put whatever they want as their asking price, but, uh... Whoa! It's, it's a pretty high price for the Marvel Ultimate Alliance that we have covered on another uh, pod before. So, yeah. So, on a previous episode, we covered that the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games were delisted and I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we checked the keys back then. I don't remember what they were going for. I don't think it was this much. <laughs> yeah, but for the bundle for the first and second game on Steam, $2,536. And it's actually a reputable seller. I mean, he's got 91% positive feedback, and he's think he sold 66 keys, so it's not like it's a brand new seller by any means so i mean maybe maybe he's on to something with the price there <laughs> maybe that is the the going rate that's <laughs> crazy man and that's why after you and i talked about this game i picked up physical copies for xbox 360 and i paid i don't know like eight bucks for one maybe like 15 for the other and yeah these are good games but also i will say they are not worth this much <laughs> yeah no way no way <laughs> I'm glad I have them. I, I mean, I have them digitally, but they they are on my uh, my Xbox hard drive still. I bought them uh, when they re-released it for a short time in the Xbox store. Yeah. Dang. All right, man. We've got, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes left. Do you think we have time to go over our last topic, or should we save it? Yeah. Let's let's quickly go over it. Okay. Um I'll let you take it away, man. Go you, too much you know about it. this one. Yeah. So uh, something I really wanted to highlight, because actually a couple weeks ago I was watching their biannual charity stream, but uh, they are a company, or not a company per se, but they are a... Uh, organization. Organization. Thank you. Couldn't get the word out. They're an organization called Games Done Quick, and uh, they are an organization that likes to highlight various communities who do speedrunning. And... Twice a year, they do their big charity stream where they pick a location in the United States and they get all the speedrunning community together and they just do seven days of pure speedrunning, many, many, many 
games while raising money for charity. And the cool thing is they raise a lot of money for charity every time they do this. They actually raise $2.6 million that went to the Prevent Cancer Foundation just this last one that happened a couple weeks ago, which is just awesome. And I've been watching these probably since I was, man, I, I think right when I graduated college, I started watching these and they're just such a comfy stream to watch. Like during these times, they have like a, they have a commentator who will talk through like the donations that they get because people can leave like fun messages to the to the speedrunners. And then they have people on the couch while the actual speedrunner is doing their games who is like kind of commenting on what's going on, um, any sort of tricks that these speedrunners are doing. And then obviously the speedrunner themselves is talking while he's doing his stuff. And there's just such a variety of games that it's awesome. As somebody like me who likes to uh, divvy up my time between many different games and many different genres of games. This is super cool for me just to watch people just obliterate these games. And some people even get, you know, their best times ever, like in front of this insane, like, you know, crowd. Like they have a bunch of people like in person during these uh, during these biannual streams. But they also have like I, I check and there's like, you know, 50 to 100,000 people sometimes in their actual Twitch channel, which is where I watch it um, typically. So, I mean, it's a lot of pressure to go up there and be like, I'm going to go speed run this and not look like a fool in front of all these people on the Internet and in person. So, I mean, props to a lot of these speedrunners. And uh, I don't think I could ever be a speedrunner, but it, I have a, you know, I love watching it. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you want to show the uh, the quick video, Mike, but um, there was I was watching a Resident Evil 2 remake. I did see this one live and then uh, I got to see it on uh, posted again on Twitter. But speaking of like doing something unpressured of like a, a huge event like uh, their their biannual charity stream, somebody went into Resident Evil 2 remake, the hardcore difficulty, and he beat it without taking any damage at all. No damage, not 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 no deaths, like no damage, which I think is insane. I don't think I could even go through hardcore Resident Evil 2 without dying, you know, 50 times. I don't I don't know. I feel like yeah, I would have died a lot if I tried to play it. But the fact that he sped run this with no damage at all is insane. And um, there was a short clip on Twitter of him kind of celebrating after he did it. And yeah, he beat it in less than an hour and a half that's crazy yeah just stuff like that is like so cool to watch in person just to see people like like obliterate records like in front of all these people and you know do cool things like this or you can um during these streams like obviously you raise money and uh the more you know they give you incentives for donating like they they show off some of like the swag that they uh that they have that you can get entered into a drawing if you donate but people write in funny funny donation messages and then you can actually donate toward speedrunners like specific games so for instance um resident evil 2 will stick with that like uh somebody was speedrunning resident evil 2 their donation incentive was met so now that person also has a speedrun separate ways dlc for uh, i guess uh, Resident Evil 4, but then he also had to do Separate Ways DLC. 
since they raised a certain amount of money um, and the incentives. So it's kind of cool that, um, you know, it's a really big, really good community. They do it. It's for a really good cause. It's a lot of fun to watch. You know, I, I usually it's going on like all day and then late into the night. So I usually just have it on in the background while I'm working or like late at night when I'm playing my switch. I just have it in the background watching it. Just kind of just a nice comfy stream. And I recommend anyone who's never watched one of these to, to tune in. Um, even when they don't have their biannual streams, they're still they're still showing speed runs and highlighting communities all the time. Like even right now, somebody's playing looks like Super Smash Bros. Melee and going through something like <laughs> the entire campaign speed running it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just a super cool community, good cause. You know, one of my favorite things to watch on Twitch right now. I don't really like Twitch as much anymore for tuning into people's streams it's kind of bogged down these days but this is one that i will always tune in nice all right man yeah, i think that's i think it. that should do it anything else you want to cover before we wrap this episode no great episode all right thanks everybody for tuning in you can find all our episodes on youtube spotify apple podcasts mitch where else are we at our Twitter is at Hills Are Silent. Our Instagram is Instagram backslash Hills Are Silent. Our TikTok is at the Hills Are Silent Podcast. And our YouTube, again, is at the Hills Are Silent. If you have any questions, comments, anything at all, hit us up our email inbox, hillsaresilent at gmail.com. Our Spotify comments, our YouTube comments. Thank you, Typo, for believing in Mike. He, he, Sorry, you know, man. He had some Sorry, pickups, thanks. but... Thanks for being my my sponsor, but uh, yeah, I'll get back on track, <laughs> I promise. You will. You will. All right, everyone. Catch you in the next episode.